Hi, Mom. Hi, G. How Seas- are you? I'm good. This is the season two finale of Baby Mouth. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. We're going to take a little break after this, but this week with Casey St. Onge, we did Crab Rangoon. Oh, boy. Never heard of it. I hope I like it. I mean, it sounds pretty good. I like crab. I think I'm going to like it, and it's fried, I think. Yeah, you'll like it if it's fried. Yeah. All right, Mom. Well, everybody stay tuned because I'm going to call my mom back after I talk to Casey, and I'm going to try Crab Rangoon for the first time. But, Mom, what are we going to do now? I don't know. (laughs) We're going to take a No, it's time to start the show. (laughs) That's it. I never had a plum or tuna fish. Baby, no. Let me try some new exciting dish. Baby, no. Bok choy, collard greens, pad thai. So many foods I haven't tried. I'm kind of scared to eat them. I won't lie. to baby mouth i'm jimmy smagula you can follow the podcast on instagram at baby mouth pod you can follow me on instagram at jimmy smagula if you have not donated to the podcast you should consider doing that you know it's just me by myself i'm an independent podcast and i'd like some money so i can keep this going you can venmo me directly at jimmy smagula you can click the link tree on either one of our instagram accounts there are ways to donate there on patreon or paypal thank you to everyone who has donated i really appreciate it and it really does help me keep the podcast going and this week crab rangoon i think that's how you say it rangoon rangoon i had a conversation with my boyfriend earlier today he was telling me i was saying it wrong but i don't remember how he told me to say it also i should let you listeners know i'm in new york city and this is the first podcast that i've recorded since i've been here in new york city so if you hear somebody i live literally right next door to one of the oldest irish pubs in new york so if you hear some irish people screaming or beer spilling if you hear there's a beautiful ukrainian church god bless the people of ukraine if you hear the ukrainian bells ringing i am sorry the quality of this podcast might not be what you're used to but hey I wanted to keep it going while I'm here in New York, and I have the greatest guest. I can't even believe that she said yes to being my podcast because she's podcast star. She has no business being on my little podcast, but she's a lovely person, and she also she's written on the David Letterman show. She wrote for the Rosie O'Donnell show, which we're going to talk about because I appeared on the show while she was writing on it, I believe, and she's the self-proclaimed sidekick of busy phillips is doing her best that's how she described herself on cameo i don't really know if she's a sidekick i feel like she's probably more of a co-host but she's here i'm so excited casey saint Ange. casey welcome to baby mouth thank you so much for having me jimmy it's so nice to see your face 
I'm so glad you said yes, and I'm so glad that I got that intro out of the way because you spell your name with a lot of vowels, and I was very worried that I was going to say Cassie or I I wrote it out phonetically. There's a sign (laughs) behind my laptop. I always am very worried that I'm going to mispronounce guests' names, and and, and the last name is O-N-G-E, Ange, Ange. I think I said it right. You did it perfectly. Oh, my God. Do people often say your name incorrectly? Always. And do you, can, do you correct them or do you just go, oh, it's okay? Um, it depends who it is and what the situation is. <laughs> and then so I have like a little rule where maybe I'll like correct someone three times. And then I'm oh. like, they're just, they're not going to say it. You so. have corrected someone three times and they still haven't said it right? Yeah, it's just, it's a hard name and, you know, and I just, I think it, it's difficult and I think people get nervous just like you do. Yeah. So the worst is going into a pharmacy because it's never <laughs> spelled properly in right. the computer. So it's right. just, I have to leave a good solid 40 minutes to just spell variations <laughs> of what it could be. Oh my God. Cause the last name could be tricky as well. The saint is not tricky, yeah, but the O N G E could be many different pronunciations. Yeah, it's, it's many different things. And sometimes people make it all one word. And so, you know, I, is I, it I, French or what, what are, is it? So it sounds French. French. It sounds so very French. French. Yes. Songe. <laughs> To get started in this writing thing, and how have you gotten to write for all of the best people? Oh my God. I was really lucky, you know. I just went to a small state school in my home state of Massachusetts. Wow. And uh, I happened to get an internship at The Late Show with David Letterman when uh, my first job, I, I was chosen to be one of his interns in his office. And my first job was to pack up his things at NBC and bring them over <gasps> to, the, to the Ed Sullivan Theater. Oh, my God. So Yeah, so it was a really amazing time to, yes. to have that internship. And um, and then when that was over, I was hired to be one of his assistants. And uh, he was really big on writing letters. I have lots of stories about writing letters for him because that was a huge part of my job. And then one day I just was like, you know, I was like a feral kid and I didn't know any better than to like know my, pl- I didn't know my place. Right, so right. I was like, hey, Dave, if I'm writing these letters and they're coming from you, shouldn't they be funny? And he was like, I mean, yeah, but they like really actually have to be funny. I'm not going to sign a letter that's like goofy or, you know, like right. that's, that's not, uh, that doesn't actually have a joke in it. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah I, I got it. So, um, so yeah, that's where I started to like write jokes at first. And I would bring wow. him this big stack of letters and he would, it was like getting an MFA in joke writing because he would take out a red pen and be like, okay, I see what you're trying to do here. You wow. telegraph the punchline. So get rid of this. And, you know, just every night, just r- correcting my whole That's word. wild. All from letter writing. Yeah, just from letter writing. And it was such a good exercise. And then eventually I started to write monologue jokes and submit them. And uh, Bill Sheft, who was the guy who handled the monologue, he was a great mentor of mine and had wow. all the patience in the world for all of the questions I had for him. And then um, when the Rosie O'Donnell show came around, 
um, I left the late show to be Rosie's assistant um, on the oh. first season, and oh. that didn't last very long. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> but the great thing about that was that if if Rosie hired people, and and this is what I've tried to do in my career too. Rosie hired people based on like how she liked them as a person. I feel yes. like. And yes. so she was like, you're actually very tough and militant as an assistant and I'm much more relaxed. And so I feel like this vibe isn't working out, but I like you and I hired you to work here. So we're going to find you another job where like your skills will be, will be wow. um, better put to use. So I was like an associate producer for a little while. And then I heard a rumor that there was like a writing job opening up and I was like, Gosh, I was like 23 years old and oh my again, God. still not knowing my place. I was like, I'm going to go for it. <gasps> so I did a submission wow. and they did like a, uh, like an anonymous submission process. Yeah. People's names off of the submissions. And I'll never forget it because Rosie, this was in the first season and it was like not too far into the first season. And I'd already had a few different jobs. I'd already gotten to uh, right. try a different thing, try a few di different things. And I'll never forget, like Rosie came into the associate producer's office, the researcher's office and was like, Hey, everybody, can I just talk to Casey for a second? And she was like, you got it. And I was <gasps> like, what? And oh my like, God. Yeah. You're going to be the new staff writer. She was like, I didn't even know. She was like, I knew you were interested in writing, but I didn't even know that you submitted so yeah, it's yours. You Whoa! Know? So that and was then wild. how long did you write on the Rosie O'Donnell show? The entire time. Oh my God! Because yeah. I don't think I I don't remember meeting you, but that you know for me that experience is a blur. Yeah, that was a I blur. Imagine, I imagine. Yeah, it's possible that we didn't meet because, like, um, you know, obviously as a writer, we you participated in a game that yes, was on the show. Yes, and Liza Persky produced. Yeah, Debbie something. Debbie D'Amato. Debbie yeah. D'Amato. They were like in charge of me. Yeah. Debbie D'Amato was the producer for the writing staff. And so, um, yeah, so it, it's possible that I wouldn't have met you, but I was probably sitting behind you up oh, in the back of the house watching you. God. You know, and I don't know if the listeners even really know the story, but I was friends with Neil Patrick Harris at the time. This is 2000, February 1st, wow. 2000. And I had moved back to New York from Los Angeles. I'm always moving back to New York from Los Angeles. <laughs> and it seems. And he said to me, hey, I'm going to be a guest on the Rosie O'Donnell show because he was on a show on NBC at the time and was there to just do publicity for the show as a guest. And he yeah. said, why don't you come and sit in the audience? I know how much you love the show because I loved the Rosie O'Donnell show, as did everyone in the world. It was the event of the day back then. It like you didn't popular. miss the show every yeah. morning. It was live. It was exciting. You never knew it was going to happen, but you knew you were going to have a great time watching it. And I was like, oh, I'd love to come. So I just went and I said to my dad who lives in New Jersey and, and my mom, I said, if you're, if you happen to be home and watch the show, like, you know, maybe you'll see me in the audience. I'll try to wave or something. Well, we arrived and the producers came to meet him at the elevators when we got off the elevator at 30 yeah. Rock and Liza or whoever was producing the singing game that day, audience game said, oh, Neil, your friend looks like fun. And they said, like, would you want to play a game? We rarely have guys and we'd love to have a guy play. It's a singing game. Is that okay? 
And I was like, I think I'll be okay. I had just gotten <laughs> off the national tour of Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. And then, you know, the rest is kind of history. I stood up and it was six minutes of just Rosie and I bantering back and forth, singing Barbara Streisand, singing songs. But none of people ask me all the time when they see the tape, you know, that was prepared. You were a ringer. Everybody. I'm telling you the first time that we say hello is the first time we ever met. <laughs> yeah. You just walked in and I mean, we got, you know, you are a standout, but we had so many people that yes. we just got really lucky with. Like when I first became a writer, one of my favorite stories about that is that, um, I was very nervous. Like, will I have anything to contribute? And, yeah. you know, I was just nervous. I was, I was new at it. And I knew from my other jobs how fun it was to answer the phones at the, because I would sometimes cover the phones. Like if uh -huh. my friend had to go to the bathroom or go get a sandwich or something, I would cover the phones and the people calling were so fun. And the show had gotten so popular in such a short amount of time that a lot of the, the phones were always ringing and ringing and ringing. And they were talking about, you know, do we need to get a second receptionist? What should we do? Yeah. And I was like, you know, actually, why don't we get a voicemail box? <gasps> and, you know, we'll, we'll just get messages from people that didn't seem, but I was thinking like a writer, like I was like, I'm going to get the password to that voicemail box. I'm going to yeah. listen to the voicemails. And really the first time that I did it, we found this woman, Davina, who was like, Rosie, I'm calling to tell you, you think you know so much about Mary Tyler Moore. You don't. Oh, I could easily cream you in a Mary Tyler Moore trivia I competition. I remember this. And so it started this whole thing. So I, a very nervous young writer, I was like, listen, I found this lady. She keeps leaving voicemails. Yep. She might be like a little unhinged, but she seems super fun. And she says she could kick your butt in Mary Tyler Moore trivia. And so that kicked off like a series of bits where Mary yes. Tyler Moore came to, to add, uh, to add, adjudicate this competition yes. between this woman, Davina. So um, we were so lucky. We had so many, I mean, it really informed like who I wanted to be as a person and as a writer and as a person that made television, just that you could be really funny, but do good things for people and yeah. be loving toward them. Yeah. And, you know, and just, yeah, that, it, and I don't, I don't think, Oh gosh, I don't know. I don't think there was a day where Rosie didn't make millions of people's day better and just, yeah. you know, she was so good to me. She changed my life on more than one occasion. And uh, I love telling stories about her. She came on our <laughs> podcast and oh, it was great, incredible to have her and just to, because I felt like such a kid when I worked for her, I was a kid. Yes. And, uh, you know, so it was interesting to, to just have that conversation with her as an adult and be able to express some small amount of gratitude for all yes. that she did for me. So yeah, she did the first, very first episode of this podcast. I said, I'm starting a podcast where I'm going to eat foods I've never had before. And she goes, I'm doing the first episode. We're doing tuna ah. fish. And that was it. And we did tuna <laughs> fish and it was disgusting, but it was a great, you know, the very first 
episode to have her to come on and kind of launch my little podcast was just I mean she is just generous I think like she she is so reverential to people that she looks up to but she really invented what we think of as daytime television and everybody else is so lucky to have had her and also without her I don't think you have Jimmy Fallon you know no no certainly not I think she she sort of invented a lot of what we're seeing in late night too. And raising and, the bar also. Yeah. You know, yeah. really raising the bar. Yeah. And maybe making people realize like you really don't have to be horrible to people to get a laugh. Like that yeah. is not yeah. necessary. And it's so much better to laugh with people than laugh at them. And people and joy sells. It's okay yeah. to have a joyous show. Joy yeah. will sell. Doesn't yeah. have to be a horrible experience for people to tune in. It is so true. Yeah. Now, so do you I, think I, I'm going to have a joyous experience eating this crab rangoon? Because I didn't, I was thrilled to know that it was in a dumpling type thing. I thought okay. it was like in a sauce okay. crab rangoon. So when I Googled it just yesterday, cause I don't like to know too much, yeah. but I was thrilled to see it in like a fried kind of a dumpling. Yeah. Well, let me start off by saying crab rangoon is served at very inauthentic Chinese restaurants (laughs) um, on the East Coast where I grew up, where inauthentic Chinese food is like the thing. King. It It is king. It's just recipes that people that people that aren't Asian at all invented or that Asian people have like adapted their recipes to (laughs) appeal more to like American consumers. I believe the crab rangoon and it's mostly sold in where I live in Los Angeles. It mostly comes from Thai restaurants here. Oh, interesting. But I believe it was invented by that restaurant Trader Vic's. I think really, was, yeah, yeah, and so it's deeply like tied to that tradition of inauthentic Asian okay. Chinese Polynesian food, and it's <laughs> unique. We talked about this at length on our podcast. Busy Phillips is doing her best. That's why I feel like I know the fact about Trader Vicks because I, I think this. we looked it up, um, and we were like, "Yeah, this is just somebody just made this." Up, wow! started selling it to people who were like this is delicious and i mean we should have had to look it up that it's a made-up food because when you hear what the ingredients are do you want to know what the ingredients are yeah you can tell me tell me what the ingredients okay. are so when you hear what the ingredients are it's basically like a, a wonton skin i love that great and then it also has um crab Okay. I and then right. sometimes it'll be the imitation crab meat, like the mm-hmm. red and white crab meat. Right. I prefer that. I get very upset. It's one of my favorite foods, but I get very upset when I bite into one and it has genuine crab. That's not oh, for me. Oh, interesting. I like the imitation crab that's made out of some other fish that's mm. not a crab. My God. It's posing as a crab. Okay. Um, Fake crab. Yeah, usually for sushi. It has usually chopped green onions in it. Love those. But then the giveaway ingredient that we should have known it was fake and not authentic the whole time is that that is all stirred into a filling of cream cheese. Yeah, I don't think there's much cream cheese in Asian cooking. Yeah, I don't think I don't I'm not familiar with a lot of cheese at all. Oh, no, I don't cooking. think especially in Chinese food. 
Yeah. And There's so, no cheese. so that should have been the dead giveaway that like interesting Vic, Vic did it. Trader Vic did it. I thought this was like a stew or something. I thought this was going to come in like a little pot or a little bowl of like crab and like some weird sauce. So this seems way more enjoyable already to me. So my anxiety is it was at a 10, not only because of your, I wanted to make sure I got your name right, but also because I wasn't quite sure what this was. But now that you've said the ingredients, I feel like I'm at like an anxiety six. Oh, good. Okay, great. Being alleviated. I'm still a little nervous. I, I like cream cheese. I like cream cheese cookies. Have you ever had a cream cheese cookie? Oh, I've never had a cream cheese cookie. Oh, my Aunt Liz, delish. My Aunt Liz makes a delicious, she used to, now she's dead. But she used to make a delicious, well, you know, 97. God bless. I'll sign up for that. Yeah, Yeah, 97. She was puttering along and living by herself in a little apartment in New Jersey, just living alone. And fell, broke her hip, and she was dead two weeks later. I'll sign up for that. 97? Yeah, that's pretty good. That's great. Cream cheese. Do you have the recipe for the cream cheese cookies? I think my mom does. I, okay. I, I, I fear that some of her recipes have gotten lost. Okay. but Chocolate chip cookies, that. too. You ever have a Tate's chocolate chip cookie? Yes. That's exactly Tate. what my Aunt Liz's chocolate chip cookies taste like. Exactly. Oh, so good. So, so all right. Good. I'm going to open this crab rangoon that I had delivered from a Chinese restaurant here in the East Village of New York City. Okay. I remember the name of it. Maybe Chinese Garden? Doesn't matter. Right. Do they come very fast? Very fast. Well, that's not true. I ordered it to be delivered at a certain time. Okay. Oh, these are like open. Look at that. Oh, interesting. These are okay. interesting. Usually now, they're, they're closed. And does that look like real crab to you? It's hard to tell, but it. I don't Is there out any the, red in it. I'm going to take it out of the box. Let's inspect this before I eat it. Because I want to know what I'm eating. Oh, this, I like the feeling of that crisp, crispy wonton around it. I love anything fried. You could fry a shoe and I would eat it. (laughs) I love it. All right. See, now, is that, can you see there? Does that look like like it might be real crab? Oh, boy. All right. I'm a little disappointed. But listen, if you like real crab, that's great. I just, I don't know why. I think crab meat to me is kind of like, it looks gray. This looks white and there's a little pink in there. So, well. Okay, so it might be the imitation. Maybe it's the fake crab. Yeah. It might be like a little higher class fake crab than I'm used to. But do you see how it's like a roll? They did like a roll. Like it's it's open. Usually they pinch it together like a little purse. Is it like does it come in usually like a wonton star kind of a shape? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's I've had a it, couple of different shapes, but yeah, usually like a square where it's pinched into an yeah. like they bring up the corners and pinch it into an X. And that looks a little bit like an egg roll shape that's kind of cut up. Yeah, I enjoy this so far. I'm liking the look of this. It's making me less anxious. And it's so funny. I didn't know you were from Massachusetts, but I have a very good girlfriend from massachusetts that i've known since college she loves crab rangoon it's not really? funny she's from haverhill oh i love haverhill i have crazy a accent from haverhill crazy yes. accent i don't have that accent but my mom has like the thickest accent and you have no um, accent you have almost a midwestern I, if i was going to say anything 
Yeah, it's really weird. And I hate to admit it, but it's just the truth. It's like must be a total affectation. I lived in Massachusetts my whole life growing up. I was a cheerleader and they <gasps> often talk to us about diction. Well, it's stuck. It's stuck. I think a beautiful I, diction. <laughs> thank you. And almost I no almost accent. I aspired to be a newscaster. So <gasps> I think I really paid attention. Oh, I would have loved to have seen you do that. <laughs> I don't that know. I never got to fun. do it. But the only artifact left over is that I don't really have that accent unless I'm talking to someone from Massachusetts and we really get going and, then and you start talking it. about Dunkin' Donuts. You know, this is and- all the things that the people love in Massachusetts. Yes. yes. Dunkin' Donuts. And we talk about Chris Evans and we talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Tom Brady. I don't know how you feel about Tom Brady. Tom Brady. I I don't pay too much attention to sports, but I know he means a lot to the people. He does. Of of New England, of greater New England. Yes. So, um, yes. So no accent unless I'm like tired or tipsy or someone from the area gets me going. But my kids both do a perfect imitation of my mother's accent. And wow. um, I could totally. Now I can't get you as a newscaster out of my brain. (laughs) I can totally see you on the Channel 4 News, like replacing Colleen Williams in Los Angeles with Chuck Henry. I could see you. This is Casey St. Ange, and tonight I could totally see you doing that. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Maybe they'll hear this and call me. I hope so. Chuck Henry and Colleen Williams, the anchors on the Channel 4, local L.A. News, who I just love. They're just wonderful. If you're listening... I think maybe one night or give you a trial run. Let me try. Just let me try it out. All right. I'm going to try this crab rangoon. Am I not saying it right? I think that's, you're saying it just right. All right. Bridger. Bridger told me I was saying it wrong. I'm glad that I'm saying it right. People write to Bridger and tell him to leave me alone with my pronunciations. <laughs> I'm going to try this first time crab rangoon with Casey St. Ange. <laughs> French from Massachusetts, who's written for every huge comedy star you could ever think of. Podcast star herself. I can't believe she's on my podcast. Here I go. I hope I enjoy it. You think I should eat the whole thing on my, on the whole thing? One bite? It's kind of. I mean. Can you see scale over Zoom? I don't know. Are you brave? Yeah, I can see. Yeah, brave. That's a mouthful. Yeah, I could, I'd shove that whole thing in my mouth. All right, here I go. Mmm. Mmm. Okay. Well. Mmm. <laughs> okay. I took a big bite. I it do a lot a of editing in this part. A big bite. Mm-hmm. Here's what I don't love. I don't love the cream cheese. I got a, a splash of the cream cheese, you know, and it's not bad. It's a lot. I'm getting the onion, which I like. Yeah. I want more onion and less. I got like a of the cream cheese, like a splock of the, a splotch of the cream cheese, a squirt. Yeah. It's really an excuse to eat a mouthful of cream cheese for that kind of person. Right. This feels like something you'd eat at two in the morning when you were like wasted. Yes, I like, 100% agree. And we're so used to enjoying cream cheese on a bagel, yes. which is such a bulky, bready item. 
And, you know, you can put like a healthy schmear of cream cheese on that and it's a nice balance. But this is just for people that are really like, I wish this bagel had less bagel. Right. Now, do it. you eat crab rangoon? Do you eat it now as an adult person yes, in Los? You do. It. I just had a birthday and my happy husband, birthday. Thank you. It was a big one. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> 20. My, <laughs> yes. <laughs> my husband had like a little gathering in the backyard of some friends and he was like, you know what? I'm just going to make this bitch what she likes to eat. So he got, well, he ordered crab rangoons from the okay. local Thai place and made deviled eggs. And that's all we had. Wow. And I was kind of like, oh, I'm going to get to eat so much crab rangoon and so much deviled eggs because most people find these kind of gross, I think. Oh, interesting. But, but no, that crowd, they devoured those rangoons and the deviled eggs, which I was happy for. So happy. you don't think people generally like the crab rangoon? I don't think so, but since we talked about it on the podcast on Busy Phillips is doing her best, yes, so many people have sent uh, us messages that they tried re- crab rangoon for the first time, oh. or they needed another chance. And then today, just today, Jimmy, on the internet. I got this shirt from no fewer than 50 people. Somebody came out with a t-shirt that says, I'm a slut for crab rangoon. (gasps) And everybody sent it to me, including my husband, who was like, you need this shirt, honey. Oh, my God. Did you get the shirt or not yet? I didn't get it yet, but I'm going to order one. You got to get one. I think we should both wear one. And then when I'm in in LA, we can take a picture together. Yes, I would love that. Because now I'm a slut. I mean, I enjoy. I'm going to have another one. Sometimes I do this. Maybe bite half of it. And yeah, because I do this where I want. Now that is black on that side. Look at that. I oh, wonder that if they just. Bur- I'm not going to eat that one. End. Don't eat what that. What the hell one. happened yeah. there? That's very odd. It's a little charred. Okay, here's one that's not charred. Chi- Chinese go. garden in East Village. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take. Maybe I just took too big of a bite. Yeah. Maybe so there was too much it. cream cheese yeah. smearing my entire palate. Yeah. I was drowning in cream cheese, but I like to do a double bite. I like to do two bites of a thing. If I'm unsure, I feel a little like I'm, I'm not blown away by it where I'm like, wow, this is delicious, but I'm not like, this is horrific. I'm like, I'm kind of in the middle. So let's do another investigative bite. Just a half of one of these crab rangoon kind of egg rolly kind of things. Roll Roll, a crab rangoon roll. All right, here I go. Second time. Mm. You know, the cream cheese. I don't like the combo of those flavors. <laughs> I don't like the combo of the cream cheese and the crab and the onion. I just want crab and onion and fried. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And <laughs> I think that probably there probably are. I recently got some crab rangoons from a restaurant that was mostly genuine crab and onions and just have like this the tiniest little swirl of cream cheese in it and mm-hmm. i was gravely disappointed because i am one of those people that just wants a reason to eat cream cheese oh um, so and i love a scallion cream cheese sesame bagel so Ooh, this is like you know, i could do this- now where do you get your bagels in la because this is a divisive conversation 
That's a good question. I don't think I. Are you on the West side or the East side or you have to say you're in the Valley. Okay. I don't even have like a preferred bagel place in the Valley. You know, we're in after New York city. It's hard to, you know, Oh, I've been having such good bagels here. Oh my God. Good. Good. God bless it. Um, We we're on the East side and there's a place near us called bells bagels. Okay. Highland park. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Those are the best bagels I've ever yeah. had in Los Angeles. Yeah. Those are Los the closest. It's such a donut town. Yeah. I feel like even though it can be hard to find a good bagel, especially if you're like me and you don't do your research yeah. properly, um, but almost <laughs> every donut's good. I don't think I've ever had a bad donut. I don't like a frou-frou donut, though. Bridget, we went to some place in Venice. Uh, on Abbott Kinney, and it was like eight dollars for an elderflower, oh, no, and it's no. an edible. I was like, "What the fuck is this? This is not a do-. like I like kettle glazed in Hollywood. Kettle glazed, yes, in yes, they are just regular old good, to, but they have a Boston cream, a chocolate yes. glaze. It's like Dunkin' Donuts, but much much elevated. Yes, my my younger son works in walking distance from kettle glazed. Oh, and he. The second part of that equation is he loves donuts and he's never gotten kettle glazed donuts. <gasps> every day that goes by of that job where he doesn't go get a donut there, I grow increasingly frustrated with him. He doesn't understand what he's missing. That's what I tell him. They and are so good. I think it's because it's like a really unassuming place in a yes. plaza that doesn't yep. have like a flashy, splashy. No, it's in a strip mall. Yeah. And so I think he's like, taking for granted but that's a you know he's a young person that's a lesson he's gonna have to learn sometimes how old is your son that guy is 20 years all right he's not that young 20 get your ass to kettle glaze what are you doing and you're in walking distance i would be nine thousand (laughs) pounds every young person has to learn sometimes the best things Uh, are in strip malls that yeah well in la Absolutely. Yeah. That's the case. And you know, they fill the Boston creams as you, as you go. Ugh. So they don't pre-fill them. So if you order okay. a Boston cream, they go, okay, I'm just going to fill them up for you. And then they put them in a box and it's not expensive. And their cold okay. brew is also delicious. Oh, I've not had the cold brew. It's good. I'm, I'm such a donut snob. When I was in high school, I worked in the local donut shop. I was a waitress in the local donut shop, but it was like, you know, it was the, 1980s so right. like the boys who worked there made the donuts and the girls were waitresses oh my and i God. used to beg i would befriend those guys those dirt bags back in the kitchen and beg them to let me help make the donuts wow and, um, you're so you just you get what you take what you want to get in life <laughs> We can all get a lesson from you. You should write a book about getting what you want in life. You're really, you seem seem to be somebody who really has been like, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. Am I wrong? No, I mean, I think when I really do want something, the only two things I feel like I've ever really wanted are making donuts and writing jokes. So. (laughs) Those are the two things I've really gone for it on and, you know, with varying success. But, yeah, I, I, wow. I really wanted nothing more than to participate in the crafting of donuts. Well, did you get to do it? Oh, my God. Yes. And I was like, 
I got to frost the chocolate donuts. Okay. I got to do sprinkles on them. The mm. thing I really wanted to do was fill the jelly donuts. Mm. And they didn't let me do it right away because it was like a sophisticated machinery. But then um, they finally were like, okay, you're, you know why I want to, you know why I want to fill the jelly donuts, right? Because based on my love of Crab Rangoon, I did not think they were putting enough jelly in the donut. And so they finally let me use the the jelly donut filler machine. And it was like, you take the donut shell. Yes. You know, the round, like, pillowy donut. Yeah. And you jam it on this, like, machine that's like a little injector thing. And it automatically would start the jelly going. And they showed me, you jam it on there and you count one, two, three, and take it off. Okay. And then... Do the next one. Sorry, my dogs are no, going it's crazy. okay. The it's okay. Um, so they were like, You do, you put the donut on one, two, three, take it off, put another donut on one, two, three, take it off. And so when I finally got my chance to do it, I put the donut on and I was like, One, two, and three. jelly donuts sales went through the roof. People were like, Have you been to Mike's Donuts? The jelly. They give you eight pounds of jelly per donut. What actually happened at first is that when I would take it off the jelly machine, I wouldn't be able to get it over to the resting tray without the bottom collapsing oh. out because of how much jelly. Oh my god! I was putting in them, so then I had to like I had to ease up on the jelly a little bit. But. Well, I've never made a donut. So you never worked at Dunkin' Donuts, even though you were I from Massachusetts. I never worked at Dunkin' Donuts. I worked at this place called Marianne's Donuts, which is a staple in my hometown of Fitchburg, Massachusetts. And uh, it was so successful and busy that they opened another place called Marianne's, too. Wow. My, dad, my parents had taken me there when I was a little kid. And so, uh, yeah, so it was it was an honor to be an employee there during my high school year. And where do you get your donuts now? And what's your favorite donut of a, if I could give you one incredible flavor of donut, oh my what gosh. would that be? I'm like, I will tell you, mine is Boston cream, Boston, Boston cream. cream I love you. the cream. I want the cream all over my face. I love <laughs> the chocolate. I love the Boston cream has so many great things going on for itself. I just love it. I love Okay, I love two donuts, and I love <laughs> any donut. But my two favorites are pretty basic, actually. I like like um a French cruller. Oh, I love a French cruller because it feels like it's a little moist or like yeah, it, it's like airy. Oh yeah, eggy, that's so very good. So good to me. And then um, when I'm being less fancy, I like a chocolate cake donut with okay. that's glazed. Okay. I like that. Sometimes they taste a little like play doughish, depending on. But I, yes. that, I don't mind it. I don't All mind right. it. Um, and is there like a low brow place that you'll get a do- like? Would you eat a donut from a Seven Eleven? Because I've had those donuts. Oh yeah, for sure. I love Entenmann's little those little chocolate <gasps> covered donuts. Oh, I love Entenmann's. No one from the West Coast knows what Entenmann's is. That's my whole childhood. <laughs> I love and and I know we were recently we recently did some research because my husband loves the golden cake with the chocolate frosting the Entenmann's oh and oh yeah with the yeah the chocolate covered delicious and you put them in the fridge yes I used to put them in the fridge oh (gasps) so good and he we were just looking all over to see if there was like anywhere you could get Entenmann's in Los Angeles and I think we came up 
empty handed, which is sad. I also love those little chocolate chip cookies that had so much sugar in them that you can like crunch the yeah, sugar. Yeah, yeah. But my sons did also find we didn't we didn't have any luck with Entenmann's, but uh, a favorite thing from my childhood is something called table talk pies. Are you? I don't know that table talk pies. It's a miniature pie, like and it's pie shaped, and it's from Worcester, Massachusetts. Okay, Worcester. um, Worcester, and uh, the matriarch of the table talk family recently passed away, and we got to talking about her. I believe her last name was Cocaine, which I think no. Yeah, I think it's kind of wild. Mm, I never, I never knew that before. Hi, I'm Mary Cocaine. I that's think her, wild. That is her name, like maybe like Mary Cocaine. I can't be making that up, right? That's. I, I mean, that's a crazy thing to think if it's not true. It must I, be true. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Mary I think Cocaine. You can write into babymouthpodcast at gmail dot com <laughs> with all of your complaints, Cocaine family. Um, so she recently passed away and we got to talking about table talk pies and how like you're, you know, if you were really fancy, your mom would pack one in your lunch, this miniature pie in its own little tin. They used to come in like legit pie tins that you could save to make your own little pies. But now it's like oil. But are they like chocolate cream or like, what are they? I think there is a chocolate pie. Mm. I love to get the pineapple pie or the apple pie. My husband Mm. loved cherry. And then we'd talk about how like you got blueberry, like you, you wouldn't be that psyched, but you'd still eat it anyway. But my sons discovered that table talk pies are sold under another name elsewhere in the country. And they found a store, like a country market in Burbank that sold <gasps> them. And so for a gift, they bought me like so many of those pies. That's so cute. It was so sweet, but I had to freeze them because like my family could not even plow through these little pies. Oh my God. I love that. In an expedient manner. So yeah. So those are the things I miss. I'm not a real highbrow. No. So you're good. You'll eat a donut from anywhere. Yeah. I'll eat, I'll eat a donut from anywhere. 7-Eleven. Powdered sugar. Like, yeah, I'll have that. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind. Wow. Well, (laughs) Casey, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I could talk to you about donuts for another three hours. (laughs) Anytime. anytime. I love a donut. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I like the crap. I don't know. I mean, I didn't not like it. I would eat it if like I was at a dinner and you were like, oh, they have crab. Let's get it for an appetizer. I would have a couple. I would have a couple. So this was a success. And I'm glad I tried it because I really thought it was some kind of a crab stew. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't stew you. I wouldn't do you with a stew. I thought I mean I've had people, you know, people do oysters. I did oysters, I did sardines. You're very brave. Well, that's what the podcast I mean, I literally my mom made me the same five meals my entire life. My entire life. I mean, I never had Caesar salad. I did Caesar salad on season one. You know, I did cottage cheese. I never had cottage cheese. Not for me, but I never had it. Yeah. So, you know, it's not even exotic things that I am trying. It's every, I've never had a plum still to this day. Wow. Yeah. I got to try a plum at some point. Now I don't try anything unless it's on the podcast. (laughs) Like I'll be out at dinner and Bridger will be like, oh, just try it. I'm like, I got to save that. I got to put that on my list. Put it on my list. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on. You're such a delight. The time flew by. 
Thank you so much for having me. It was You're so such nice a delight. To see you, I give know. Her my love, and I, uh, I hope I see you sometime soon. I know I'm going to come over for Crab Rangoon. Please do. It's time to talk to Lois, my mom from Jersey. Can she get on Zoom? No, thank you. Here comes Lois. Here comes Lois. Hi, Jean. Oh, How are boy, you? Oh, boy, there you are. You get right in the room. I know. How are you doing? I'm doing good, but I don't have that much power, so oh boy. I'm going. How many minutes do you think you have? I don't know. It's like half. Now, what? Oh, well, half as many hours. Not on this phone, it's not. Well, how come you don't charge your phone overnight? I did, Jim. And it's only, well, what time? At 2.30 there and you're already out of juice? Are you talking well, on it all day? not out of juice. It's it. No, I don't. Well, this phone is so yeah, old. Maybe you need a new phone. Why don't you get maybe. a new one? Trade it in. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You can get a new yeah. one for free, probably. I don't know. Your hair anyway. looks very nice. You look good today. Oh, thank you. I I'm called, sweating my... I know it's very hot there in New York, right? Yeah. Who'd you call? I called uh, earlier, but um, Dad said that you were at TJ Maxx. Oh yeah, I went and buy the kids a toy because tomorrow is Violet's birthday. Oh, I didn't say. Well, I got her that kite already, so I think yeah, that's yeah. It, you know. well, just call her and call. What's yeah, your happy call them up. Um, now, how is TJ Maxx? Do you find any good deals there? Yeah, well, everything's marked down. Yeah. You know, yeah, they have a lot of stuff. You have to look, though. Yeah, I know. I don't like those places that are not organized. No, these are, no, everything's, no, it's very organized. Oh, it's that's not just good. thrown. Yeah, I don't yeah. like those stores that are just, you know, thrown and you got to look through everything. Oh, I know. It's terrible. I'm not, I can't, I have no patience yeah, me for neither. that anymore. We just <laughs> went to the Nordstrom Rack and I got sneakers. Oh, that was good. Yeah, I needed new sneakers, but that's it. This is our season finale. Oh, boy. Taking a break. I mean, we're going to come back, but I need a little break. It's too much. I know. You're too busy. I got to give my taste buds a little break here. I'm eating too many new foods. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what are we eating this week? Well, I, well, we're not eating anything. I ate it. You don't eat anything. I wish that you, that maybe that'll be season three where Lois eats the food also. What would you think about that? No, thank you. Why not? I won't be eating anything. Oh. Just give it a try. Oh. All right. Well, this week with Casey St. Onge. Can you believe that name? Casey St. Onge. <laughs> you think no, you could I even can't. say it? Say it. Casey St. Onge. That's it. Casey St. Onge. She wrote on David Letterman. She wrote on the Rosie O'Donnell show when I was there, when we were on it. I was on oh. it. She was there, so she remembers me from that. And she is like the sidekick kind of co-host person uh, for Busy Phillips podcast. Oh, yeah, you yeah. You know Busy Phillips? Well, I know. I've heard of her. Really? I, I know she is. Uh, yeah, I know who she is, but I don't know. Do you know what she looks like or anything? Yeah, blonde, right? Blonde? She's on a really wonderful show on Peacock called Girls 5 Eva. Oh, I never heard of it. Never heard of Girls 5 Eva. No. Well, we had, for the first time, I had Crab Rangoon. What is that? Never heard of it? 
No. Crab. I mean, I heard of crabs. Well, yeah. Crab Rangoon. Never heard of it. It's very popular in New England. And it's Chinese food, but it's not really Chinese food. It's like American Chinese food. Yeah. And it's in a delicious um, wonton fried. So you would like that. Oh. And then it has crab meat in it and a little bit of cream cheese. And did you like it? Well, I liked it, but I didn't like the cream cheese with it. Yeah, I was going to say that doesn't look like it goes with it. Right, because the crab is delicious and it has like, I think, a little onion in it. And it's very, I like that a lot. Delish. And I love, of course, the fried wonton. Delicious. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like an egg roll or something. And, uh, but then I, I got a squirt of that cream cheese with it, but it could be that the ratio of the cream cheese was off with the crab. Maybe. Too much cream cheese. Not yeah, enough maybe. crab. Yeah, yeah. But I liked, but, I liked it. Oh, well, that's You'd probably because, eat that. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, that cream cheese would throw me right off. <laughs> yeah, but it's not bad. It's a, it's a good flavor. Yeah, yeah, because of the onion. Probably yeah, the onions and the seal. crab and the fried. Yeah, and then fried, if yeah. it was just a little less cream cheese, I would have liked it. Yeah. I just think I didn't like it because of the cream, you know, too much, too, too yeah, overpowering. Too much powering, yeah. You don't, and you don't eat that much. You you have Chinese food, but you ever have Japanese food? No sushi? No. Thai food? No, no, no. You would no, love no. Thai fried rice, chicken fried rice. It's delish. Well, fried rice, yeah, but. I never, I never had uh, Thai food. It's good, Mom. You would love it. Chicken well, satay. It's fried chicken, uh, not fried, grilled chicken on a skewer, and yeah. then with peanut sauce. Ooh, delicious! See the peanut sauce. You <laughs> well, don't I like, like peanuts? Yeah, I do. I like. Peanuts. You would love this. It's sweet. It tastes like candy. Probably. No, <laughs> nice I'm telling you, it does. It's not probably. Yeah. It does. I ate it. It's delicious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You would like it. Well, I usually stick to Italian food. <laughs> well, there's other foods out there. That's the whole point of this podcast. I think season three, Lois is going to eat the food with Jim. I don't think so. You could just try a bite of it. It's not going to kill you. You don't have to eat the whole meal. Just a, one bite. No. We, no, I'm not going to be running around looking for all these crazy no. foods. Forget it. <laughs> Don't even bother. No, I will send the foods to you. I'll have them delivered no. like I had the salad delivered from the diner, Candlewick Diner. No, thank you. I'm not Just interested. give it a try. I'll think about it. But All right. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> that's exciting. Consider it. How, yeah. Is it real hot here? Because it is like an oven here. Well, you're in New York. I'm in Los Angeles right now. It's not. No, it's nice here. I mean, it's hot, but it's not, you know, I'm spending a lot of time in New York and the humidity. I mean, I know you hear the same thing, but the humidity in New York, it just, I spend a lot of my day wet from humidity. I know. And here it is not humid. It's not humid. It's dry. So you feel the heat of the sun, but you don't feel sweaty. So wetty. I'm not sweaty. You know, I was in the subway uh, in New York and it's like an oven. It's like, I know, but it's too expensive to take taxis or Ubers. It's so. Oh, I know. I mean, look, I haven't really lived in New York for years and years. And 
you know, I went to Sweet Green to get a salad and a water, and it was $19 for a salad that they shovel onto a plate like a Chipotle. It's not like it's beautifully, freshly crafted. It's in there in bins of lettuce and chicken. They're scooping it out of a, I mean, $19. That's ridiculous. I never went back there again. Well, even in the food stores, the prices are like ridiculous. I know. I don't know. Every week they go up and up and up. I know. Because of the um, food chains, the trucks, they can't, Get the stuff delivered, and the gas is so high, the fuel that they have to jack up the prices. I know. You know, here in LA, we just passed by six fifty nine a gallon. We passed a place. Oh no, ours went down to four something, four fifty nine mm, or four. But even that is too much. You know, if oh, you're I working know. a minimum wage job and you have a kid, or t- I mean, come on, it's just I don't understand it. You can't blame the pandemic anymore. It's over. As far as, you know what I mean? As far as shutting down the world, the world is back. If you don't believe me, go to New York. There's a zillion people in the city. You know what I mean? People are back to work. People are doing their thing again. So let's get it together. It's it's infuriating. It makes me mad because, you know, I'm lucky that I'm able to make money. I have a lot of different income streams. I'm lucky. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people work minimum wage jobs or a little better than a minimum wage job. And they have children and they want to have a nice life. And they can barely put food on the table. It's enough already. To some woman in the shop, right? And she said, oh, these prices. And she said, it's either I'm either going to be on the street because I can't afford to even shop for food. I know. It's disgusting. You know, you got to go vote. I got to go and vote for people who are going to make a difference. Research the people that you vote for and vote in the people that you want to be in there that are going to make a difference in your life. Not a difference in their own lives but a difference in your life. That's the only power that we have in this country. We literally have the power to elect people to office. office, So go and vote. If you don't vote, what are you doing? You have to, at the bare minimum, just vote. At the bare minimum. Well, I always vote. Good, Mom. Me too. I always vote. So my family always votes. How's how's Lindhurst as a town where you live in New Jersey? The town is good. You feel like the roads are, you know, I was just saying. Oh, to, the roads are getting fixed. The good. The getting fixed, but. Good. It's the same. I don't know. I mean, I was living born here and I don't know hardly anybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you're a little older. Yeah, that's what I mean. But yeah. a lot of people don't move out of that town. Well, I, well they maybe they passed away because I don't really know anybody. Yes, you do. You know everybody. Every time I'm on the phone, you go, oh, you know who I saw at ShopRite? Suzanne Bacigalupe and uh, Barbara Bapaboopu. And this, I said, I don't know who the hell you're talking. Don't you remember Barbara Bacigalupe? She was at the (laughs) flea market. When you, I don't remember any of these people. You know everybody. No, but no more, Jim. There's all younger generation. Well, that's how well, that's like life. Forty. I don't know. I know well, that's life. Forty's not that young. I mean, but that's life. That's how life is. That's right. But you know, a lot of people well, stay in Lindhurst their whole life. What? What happened? Took your glasses. No, I took my glasses. I don't need them. <laughs> Why oh. put them on? Well, you had LASIK. Why are you wearing glasses? Yeah. Well, I didn't have the reading done. I didn't have. Um, I just had the cataracts taken out. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Now I have distance, but I could have had another lens put in for the reading, but I didn't. Why not? 
I didn't want to do it. I don't know. Yeah. But it's fine. They that seems um, scary to me to have any kind of eye surgery. But... Now, Jim, you don't even know it's happening and you're up. Wow. It's unbelievable. But they didn't put you out. No, you're up. Oh, you're it's, up. That's uh, what like, you meant. Yeah. Wow. And you have to sit there with your eye open? No, you're like, no, they put this big cloth over you and there's just, I guess, a hole where your eyes are. And then you're up. Yeah. You just hear all these noises and, you know, you're sedated, but you're right. up. Right. Wow. Yeah. It only takes about 15 minutes. And then do you feel like your vision improved? Oh, well, you have to keep the patch on your eye yeah. for, a, for a week or whatever and put all kinds of drops. Then went back to the doctor and he looked and he said, everything is good. And then you go back again and, uh, and everything's now I go back uh, August 22nd just, oh, just to get an eye exam. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, yeah. that sounds easy. Yeah, it is. It's very, except it's a pain. You got to put all these drops in your eyes. I'm a big three deal. times a day. I know. Who cares? You think everything is a pain. Who cares? I know. You don't have to put them in now, do you? No. Yeah, 10 days, whatever. Yeah, no big deal. Um, What are you doing tonight, Saturday night? Nothing. Doing absolutely (laughs) nothing. (laughs) Things I do every Saturday, nothing. Well, what's going to be on TV? You watching anything? Oh, I don't know. I don't even know. I didn't look yet. No, you're not watching anything like every Tuesday you watch a show or anything? Saturday, no. Saturday is really nothing on. But what do you watch other shows during the week? Like, is there a show that you don't want to miss during the week? You're like, oh, America's Got Talent or, you know. Well, I like Chicago Med, but they're they're all repeats now. And um, I've auditioned for that show many times. You might see me on there. Chicago Med? Yes. You know, I put on uh, Home and Gardens and then other channels there, like they have Beach from Morgan Hut and all this other Boy, stuff. But you don't have any shows that you say to yourself like, oh, it's Tuesday and this show's coming on and I don't want to miss it. No, no. I mean, every night I watch, we watch Jeopardy Love and Wheel of Fortune. Who's the host of Jeopardy now? Uh, Ken Jennings. Oh, he is? Well, he shared it with, uh, oh, what's her name? Ma- Mala Miala. Ma- oh, boy. Oh, the one that was on... Um, Oh boy. boy yeah. I don't know, Jim, but she was on. I like her. Mayam Bialik. Miam. Yeah. No, not Miam. Mayam. Okay. Well, anyway, oh, she was on for, I don't know how many weeks. And now, just this week, Ken Jennings came back. Oh. I don't know how long he's going to be on. Now, I just lost your video. I know, Jim. It's low battery. Oh, boy. All right, Mom. Well, let's let you go. Thanks for coming on the podcast for the last 30 episodes we've done, or I don't even know, more than 30 we've done. Can you believe that? I know. All right, Mom, I'll talk to you soon. All right, stay safe. The Baby Mouth theme song is performed by me and was written by me and Jesse Vargas. Jesse also orchestrated, recorded, and mixed the song. The Baby Mouth artwork was created by Tim Quartier. 
You can follow the Baby Mouth Podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Baby Mouth Pod. Tell me about your own personal food nightmare. Have you ever been forced to eat something horrible at a fancy party or on a first date? Is there a food you're afraid to try? I want to know all about your scary food experiences. Email me at babymouthpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to listen and subscribe to Baby Mouth wherever you get your podcasts. And please, don't forget to leave a review. Baby Mouth!